It's been a long time since we podcasted together, Tom. It really has. How long has it been? Months and months. It feels like months and months. And in that time, I hope that you have uh, had a handle on uh, your uh, many and sundry anxieties. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm glad that we have a season three. <laughs> Still working on some stuff. <laughs> Lots of headroom on this concept. Lots yes. of headroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so glad. Do you remember when we uh, finished our, our season two, you left me with a little present? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. And and that you thought we might should all go to the Ukraine Correct. and bury bury ourselves alive with that wackadoodle doctor mm-hmm. who thinks that's a good thing. Yes. And so I would like to open season three with a little present for you. Oh, look around your uh, look around your space there, Tom. You see all the surfaces, all the many surfaces. Yeah. There's desk. Yeah. There's some books. There's a bookcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like keyboard. Do you see your keyboard in front of you? Yeah. It's good. It's gross. Keys. Maybe a mouse or a trackpad. You're touching that all day. All of Mm -hmm. these things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what they all have in common? Mm, Joy. (laughs) All covered in poop, Tom. What? Everything you touch is covered in poop. You know who says so? Canada. (laughs) Canada. No one believes Canada. And really, we're back to poop. (laughs) Season three, we're going all the way back to Canada poop. All right. Deep roots, Tom. Deep roots. This is out of the BC Center for Disease Control, Jennifer Gardy. She's a senior scientist there, and she's telling us all about all the crap that's on all your stuff. Oh. Because you should know about that. You know what? She's actually trying to reduce anxiety, (laughs) which I think is comically sweet that she's trying to do this. Here's what she says. Why? And this is her talking. Literally everything in the world is covered in bacteria, Gardy said in a telephone interview. All of these studies that go and look and say, oh, we found fecal coliform bacteria on the touchscreens at McDonald's. We found it on cafeteria screens. We found it on the ATM screens on your bank. You can't not find fecal coliform bacteria. Oh, (laughs) it's everywhere. You can't not find it. I know. She says uh, that she likes to say basically all of us are existing in a world that's pretty much coated in a thin film of fecal bacteria. (laughs) That's terrible. Oh, dear. Every surface in your home, uh, it's covered. Your toothbrush sitting on the counter, the handle is covered in this bacteria. Swab the handle of refrigerator. And I think she's saying uh, under her breath, I dare you. She says, if you swab your kitchen countertop, the pet's water dish, you'll find fecal coliform bacteria everywhere. How are you feeling? Good? (laughs) Terrible. What am I supposed to do with this? This is where we set the bar for season three, Tom. It's everywhere and you can't do anything that's it and so she wraps it up yeah no that's it she says and this is her trying to wrap it up and be nice and sweet and one of the things that we're realizing is that exposure to microbes especially those sort of harmless things that are just out there in the environment is actually incredibly important for our immune system to develop properly oh that makes sense Okay, that's good. Sure. And I say, fine. But why in God's name do we have to keep talking about it? (laughs) It's a good question. And I'd answer it right after I finished drinking all of this Purell. Tell me all your secrets. Fill me in on your wildest moments. Color trees, your yellow leaves move me. Welcome back to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Stupid. Who writes these? Who does that? Foster Bad Dog. 
And each week, we drag out one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Reach out to us again like we did last season. This season, we want to hear from you. Send us the story of your anxieties to... Man, we had months to change this. Send us the story of your anxieties to something stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. Again, hmm, something stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. I don't care for it. And with that, Pete, I will go first. Sports, Pete. As everyone who knows me knows well, I'm a real sports hound. <laughs> That's a thing. Is that what they call you, a sports hound? Doctor Sports Hound. That would be my name <laughs> if I was a uh, a morning zoo radio host. <laughs> Ahuga, Ahuga, Doctor Sports Hound, back with the cheese. That would be my sidekick. <laughs> Pete, as you know, I'm a real sports hound, throwing around the old pigskin on the links and sinking a three-pointer triple axle slap shot for an alley-oop touchback. Well, that's just my idea of heaven. Here's a quick, <laughs> quick sports story for you. So gross. Uh, when I was about 10 years old in Colorado, I was playing in a soccer league called BJS, Boulder Junior Soccer. And the coach of the team was the father of one of my classmates. And during our first practice, the dad coach had us play a scrimmage against each other so we could see what our strengths were. We played for about 45 minutes while he stood off to the side making notes on a uh, clipboard. I played at my usual ability level, which is low. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, he had us huddle up around him so he could tell us what positions we'd be playing later that week in our first game. And I happened to be standing next to the coach as he was talking to us. And I happened to glance down at the clipboard he was holding. All of our names were neatly listed in order and he jotted down a bunch of notes after each name and as anyone would probably do my eyes skipped down to my own name and it was easy to find because unlike the other names there were only two words written next to mine pete oh no would you like to know what they were this is my future in soccer yeah not useful (laughs) (laughs) and that's true not useful i I was a child pete (laughs) No, he could have just written nothing. I mean, I guess it could be worse. He could have written like loping moron. (laughs) Active antagonist. Most likely to score on his own team. Yeah, exactly. Disappear him. What? I don't even know what that means, but it sounds ominous. Rendition. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, not useful. Great. Um, Obviously, those words stuck. I'm in my 40s and I remember exactly, I think, the font. And they really only helped solidify what I already had thought of myself in regards to playing sports growing up. I was never a natural athlete. And for the most part, I hated it because it filled me with so much anxiety and dread. And that brings us to my anxiety for this week, which is anxiety about playing sports. I looked it up online and it actually has a really interesting clinical name. Sports anxiety. (laughs) That's true, too. (laughs) It's just sports anxiety. Before I get into a little bit more of my own situation, can you identify with this or were you actually an aforementioned sports hound? Oh, Tom, that's delightful that you know so little about me that you even need to ask. (laughs) 
Well, you seem like you're in control of your limbs. <laughs> That's not accurate. Not at all. Clearly, our recording this over the internet has diminished your ability to understand me and my body. Okay. I was also the soccer uh, kid, and I was on a terrific team. I mean terrific when I was in uh, middle school and won so many, so many games. And as a result, they put me in as goalie oh. because the ball <gasps> never came to me. Oh. It never came <laughs> so to me. That's right I mean, field. <laughs> oh, it was it was like always intercepted and taken back down the field because everybody on the team knew the coach, the other players, the parents. They knew if the ball made it to the goal, we would lose a point. Absolutely. It's like when you pull the goalie in hockey, like it's just not an option. Yeah, it's just not even a thing. Yes. Unless the ball accidentally is targeted at my face. Right. That ball's going in the goal. I was not good at it. And that cemented my experience playing sports. I I really detested uh, sports, team sports, all that. I was the theater kid. Like, that's how yeah. I found the theater was running away from athletics. <laughs> so that was your sport. Yeah, it was my sport. We're and you know what? That was even worse. <laughs> even worse. Because when you get into the theater, they're like, okay, we know that you're running away from sports. So you have to do intramural sports now. And uh. that's going to include options like uh, intramural squash or intramural tennis. Squash. Where mostly. Fancy. Oh, yeah. We had squash. Ooh. Oh, yeah. No, it's Ooh. not great. Oh, or okay. dance. Yeah, dance. <laughs> and uh, I was not into any of that and generally chose tennis because that's <laughs> the most entertaining. It's where the stoners went right. uh, for, <laughs> really? for their sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it was just me. I, I could actually win playing intramural tennis because I was playing with people who were constantly high. Oh, so that's the key. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's interesting that you bring up tennis because tennis was my other sport, other sport like I had real ownership of any of them. <laughs> but one of the things that I really liked so much about singles tennis was it was just me. And as a result, I wasn't there was less yeah. of a chance of letting down. I mean, I tried to break it down into what was I really so nervous about? It certainly wasn't right. I wanted to win. I didn't care. Maybe that was part of the problem. That's probably part of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't care. I think we've diagnosed something magical. Boy, today. I, I really shrinked myself. <laughs> yeah, but it was just afraid of scorn from my coaches or mostly just my other players. Uh, you know, the, my teammates in messing something up. That's why doubles at times was such a nightmare. Doubles tennis because there's nothing standing in the way of who made the mistake. It's clearly just me, and I let yeah. down my other team. My team is just right, one other person right. staring at right. me, wondering why I'm holding my uh, racket upside down. It felt like almost everyone was better than me. Oh, yeah. And so I couldn't find another me to commiserate with. So I felt this goes back to that feeling of aloneness that I know is at the basis of a lot of my anxieties. I was just sort of like, it was just really hard yeah. to want to do it. I was just driving my daughter to school this morning and she's she's a swimmer and she is mm. she's quite good and she's got her district swim meet coming up this weekend and I, I said why do you why are you so excited she says it's just so much fun it's oh, so much fun to like be wonderful. on the deck with all those people and to to compete and all of that and it's like she was speaking greek mm -hmm. i had no idea how to relate to that sentiment of having having an athletic event in which I am competing and having that be anything but anxiety right. and dread. Yeah. I, I can't understand it. So so I assume you punished her. I'm not letting her go. <laughs>
<laughs> Sports are dread. What are you doing? <laughs> the fact that you brought up your daughter makes me bring up another thing that I know that I was dealing with, at least when I was uh, around 10 years old, is I was afraid of letting down my father. Yeah. Oh. Hey, everybody. First time daddy issues brought up in the new season. <laughs> everybody take a drink. Okay. I assume we that's a drinking game, right? Yes. yes. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but my father was a football star in college and my mom was a star cheerleader. And somehow I got all the recessive genes. Wow. My dad, to his credit, never over pushed me. He was always understanding. When I wasn't able to do things, he just wanted me to try. But that didn't take away from the fact that I wanted to be able to share this with him. And I never really could. And of, of course, I was hiding from him that before each soccer match, I was throwing up. Like I was so yeah. nervous and bottled up that I would throw up. And that was like my, my pregame warm up. <laughs> Terrible warm up. <laughs> <laughs> really gets the blood flowing. And those feelings continued. Uh, even in my later days, later days, when I've been asked to play on teams filled with people who don't care about winning and I know won't really judge me, uh, it still re has been really hard for me to do because those old feelings and fears are just so dug in that yeah. I like the idea of sports. I don't think I like competition because I'm just afraid I'm going to let everybody down. Which is so interesting because then you find... And this is me speaking of your of what I know of your history. Then you find performance, you find performance, whether it's in music or, you know, in in film like these are for all intents and purposes, uh, team activities. Right. It's yeah. coming together <laughs> to do a thing. Right. So how how does that compare to anxiety around thinking about you know, team sports. I don't, I mean, and you brought up film. Like I have the audacity to be the director. I know who, who depending on God, what a jerk. <laughs> it's just sort of like, <laughs> well, everybody try your best and it'll be up to me <laughs> to see how it turns out. No, I just, I just felt more comfortable with that. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, I'm sure I could, if I knew more about sports, I could make a sports analogy to directing or to performing Yeah, for that. It's more just performance anxiety. I know that seems obvious, but performance anxiety isn't a bad thing. Performance anxiety can sharpen you. Right. You sort of everything heightens, gets your adrenaline going. It's that anticipatory, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, that's what just destroyed me about sports. So I don't know the answer to that, but I'm glad to know that what I the dread that I felt of sports hasn't kept me from, you know, it's not like an overriding social. Anxiety. True. Yeah. It hasn't kept me from the public eye, which is good. Um, but I do. That is something that I regret is not being able or letting sports have that sort of take over my mind like that. I just did a very small amount of research in case any of our listeners are budding athletes with uh, anxious thoughts. Um, mostly everyone says visualizing yourself playing well and having fun. I get it. I never could do that. Uh, <laughs> this one person said, oh, write down all of your individual worries in order to demystify your anxiety and then throw that paper away. The throwing away of the paper seems honestly a little hippy dippy for me. But I do love the <laughs> idea of really forcing yourself to really go through your negative thoughts, because otherwise, for me, I know I wish I'd known that as a kid because they just sort of exist in this big, scary black bubble of anxiety. Yeah, and when you yeah. really separate it out, it's sometimes not that bad. Actually, I found one more. This is uh, from a website called Complete Performance Coaching. It's run by a sports psychologist expert, Rebecca Smith. And digging a little bit deeper, I actually found she has a podcast. It's called Perform Happy with Rebecca Smith. And it's all about dealing with uh, stress 
and bullies and anxiety about sports. It's really, Rebecca, where were you? Also, where were podcasts? <laughs> None of this was a possibility, but this is from the episode 10 Ways to Deal with Negative Thoughts. I don't remember exactly which number this is, but I liked this one. So take a listen. If you catch yourself thinking negatively, take a second. And that's the key. If you can catch it, oh my gosh, you are, you're going to be fine. Most people don't even catch it. And then they're just down the toilet and they don't know why. So the second that you go, oh, I'm starting to get nervous again. I'm starting to overthink this. I'm starting to get into what if, or I'm seeing those images of things going wrong. Stop and check in with your body and ask yourself, where am I feeling the sensation? Is it in your throat, your chest, your stomach? Those are kind of the main big ones. When I get anxious, it's my throat. You just check in with it and go, okay, yep, there it is. I'm feeling a sensation in my throat. And you just start to breathe into it. And what we typically do in those situations is we go, oh, no, this isn't good. Make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. And then you're wrestling with it. And then you are, the negative thoughts are like, to getting their claws into your physical body, not just your mind, but now your body's affected. You're running out of energy. You feel horrible. And it just accelerates the, the negative spiral. So what you do instead to stop it is actually you don't try to stop it. I know that's strange, but you go into that sensation and you go, huh, what does that feel like? You just go at it with curiosity. You breathe. And you just notice what happens when you pay attention to it. Does it get worse or does it get better? First of all, do you feel anxiety in your throat? <laughs> I've never heard of that oh, before. <laughs> really? Yeah. In your throat? Oh, yeah. What does it feel like? Like you can't breathe? It's like everything tightens up and suddenly oh, you can't Oh, almost breathe. like a panicky. Oh, I guess yeah. I have. Yeah. I have. I don't have that, but I have like rapid breathing. Okay. I was, yeah. what you, you said, get it. I always get into my throat. I was like, oh my God, Rebecca, that might be serious. That's not anxiety. That's all the tumors. Anyways, I can definitely relate to the idea of avoiding my anxious feelings. Like I had just said, they just stay in this big, dark, black bubble. Uh, but then she does go on to say after this clip that it almost always gets better when you really just acknowledge your inner feelings and just really what the physiological responses are. It really reduces the power they have and they almost always go away. And that's something that I've really been trying to do. Do you think that something like that would have helped you back in the day? Yeah, probably. But, you know, it, it would have, have had to have been really well timed because yeah. I started experiencing my profound disdain for athletics super early and was just not interested in intervention. Like I, I oh. found an alternative outlet. And so I just wasn't into it. And, and so it would have been really hard to get me over the hump of, of being willing to try because I something else filled that hole pretty quickly. Right. Ugh. I um. Yeah, I didn't realize that was not a gross line. But... Oh, good. Uh, I did... <laughs> Look, you're the one talking about poop. I didn't realize until much later in my life that there was a choice. <laughs> so I could definitely have used this. Uh, so thank you, Rebecca Smith. If anyone out there is having anxious thoughts about, you know, playing sports, try to find the joy that Pete's daughter does. It really is supposed to be joy. Everything else is getting in the way. And uh, hopefully you can do it and score all of those touchdown baskets. <laughs> Smarts! <laughs> Woo! I'd like to introduce a new segment for you today, Tom. I'm very excited about this. Would you like to hear about it? Absolutely, Pete. 
It's called Today's Regret. Oh, okay. In Today's Regret, I'd like to cover that one thing that has happened to me today. That one thing that happened to me in real time that caused my world to slow down. It caused shame to well up from my stomach into my chest and, and caused me to look at the world and want to desperately retreat from it. <laughs> that sounds appropriate for an anxiety podcast. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Today's Regret for Pete. My son and I have started playing the Pokemon Go. Do you know about this game? Yeah, you find uh, magical creatures that aren't there on your phone? Yeah, you do. Magical creatures not there on your phone. And you have to visit these things. They're called Pokestops. You have to go to a Pokestop and spin this little Pokestop on your phone. And they are located in all kinds of different public places. And one of them happens to be a church that's right next to my daughter's uh, uh, school. <laughs> now, I told you I was driving up to school. I had to stop at the church on my way home and and pulled in the parking lot. It seemed very, very busy at the parking lot. and I But I thought, I'm, I'm just going to spin the Pokestop and catch a few Pokemon and and, and then I'm going to buzz out of my way. No one's the wiser. And so there I am sitting there with my phone out, spinning my Pokestop, and someone knocks on the window. They knock on the car window and they say, are you here to unload? Oh, Unload? I'm here to gather Pokemon, <laughs> not unload Pokemon. And and I said, I'm I'm uh, I'm afraid I'm I'm not sure. I'm just about to take this call. Oh, well, we're all here for the homeless food bank. <laughs> Something you won't regret is going to Audible, uh, because at Audible right now, you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. Yes, if you put in slash scent of a podcast at the end, we get some of your support. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Pete, I have a book suggestion today, and it's only 10 hours long. Wow, that's really restrained on your part, Tom. It is fairly brisk audible wise it is a sport and it's called it's actually a, a novella that was a part of the bachman books it's stephen king's the long walk he wrote this back in, on a nom de plume of richard bachman and it takes place in the near dystopian future where america has become a police state and every year a hundred boys are selected to enter a contest where they have to uh, walk across the country at four miles per hour without stopping Three warnings and your insides get on the outside. <laughs> That's a weird way to say that you're shot. That you're shot in the head, Pete. It is a great book. It is a great novella starring a really, really great cast of characters. It's one of my favorite things that he's ever written. And if I ever had to choose something that I would want to adapt, uh, as for a TV show or a movie, it would be The Long Walk. So that is my suggestion, The Long Walk uh, by Stephen King. It is on uh, Audible, narrated by Kirby Hayborn. So that's a name. It is 10 hours and 45 minutes. So go ahead and don't break up with your loved ones. Stay with them and you can listen together. <laughs> and you should definitely do that at audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. And you know, here's the thing. You can get The Long Walk for free. Mm. All you have to do is sign up for a trial account and then search for The Long Walk. And once you do that, after you visit audibletrial.com slash set up a podcast, you're signing up for that free trial. You get the book for free. You can keep it if you cancel. Cancel your account and you keep the book. Uh, that's how it works. So thank you for supporting the show and supporting a great, great company, audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. Speaking of the show, let's get back to it. Pete, you are up.
Tommy, I bring a guest experience with me today. A listener submission. Fantastic. My favorites. It it starts with Virginia Woolf. Oh, okay. Have, have you by chance read the book uh, as a reader? You're a reader. Uh, uh, have you read the book Mrs. Dalloway? Mm, no. I was going through, there's a lot of college books that I read that all have titles like Mrs. Dalloway, and they all kind of blend together. No, I don't think I have. I bet it's super upbeat. Well, (laughs) as as could be said for any and all of Virginia Woolf's contributions to the body politic. So chipper, yeah. She's really, yes, she's delightful. (laughs) All right. I'd like to read you a passage from Mrs. Dalloway and see if it sparks anything uh, for you. All right. It was toffee. They were advertising toffee, a nursemaid told Razia. Together they spell T-O-F-K-R, said the nursemaid, and Septimus heard her say K-R, close to his ear, deeply, softly, like a mellow organ, but with the roughness in her voice like a grasshopper's which rasped his spine deliciously and sent running up into his brain waves of sound, which, concussing, broke. A marvelous discovery indeed, that the human voice, in certain atmospheric conditions, for one must be scientific, above all scientific, can quicken trees into life. Oof! Mrs. Dalloway, what do you think about that? How does that make you feel? Well, they spelled it wrong. <laughs> they, they really blew toffee. Uh, it was, it made me feel a lot of things. I don't know what ASMR was, is, but I think I may have had a little bit of ASMR. Like, I got a little tingly. I got uncomfortable at one point. I got, yeah, like, I don't know. It got me a little tingly. Is that okay to say? Oh, Tom, I have to tell you, I am delighted to hear all of those responses. And with that, I would like to introduce our listener's submission today. I shall read it for you post-haste. Hello there, fellow connoisseurs of anxiety. I have a situation that might be of interest to you. I hate ASMR. You're kidding me. I know a lot of people. I'm not kidding you. That is exactly what happened here. Now, I know a lot of people don't enjoy ASMR, but this is a full-on hatred. (laughs) Whenever someone plays ASMR videos, I get such crippling anxiety. I don't know what it is. I just feel so claustrophobic, and it feels like my heart is trying to escape my chest. I've become hyper-aware of any small sounds around me, so I know if something will make me have a reaction, I can run in the other direction, Please help me understand why my body has decided to have such a reaction to something so mundane. Thank you uh, from Emma, a.k.a. a giant ball of emotional anxiety trying to find help in the void of the Internet. No, let's stick with Emma. Uh, (laughs) No one's going to believe that we don't share what anxieties we're talking about until we actually start recording. That's crazy. I know you you blew it. What can I say? No, I nailed it. Why would you go oh, negative? Right, right. Nailed it. I That's hit what it out I of meant. The park. I 
totally meant nailed it. Okay, uh, so it, what is ASMR? And Emma, thank you so much for sending this. This is already fascinating. Oh, it, it is absolutely fascinating. I, I, I love that this exists. Uh, ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And that thing that I read you just a minute ago from Virginia Woolf uh, was actually one of the first uh, experiences, not only of people who uh, have, have experienced ASMR reading that passage, but also the passage is about ASMR, right? I mean, it really is about huh. people who have a, a sensory experience from listening to the sound and that has blown up this didn't really have much of a stake in popular culture at virginia wolf's time i mean you you know she uh was was latching on to something that that clearly impacted her because she described it so perfectly yeah. like she has to have experienced something like this but uh, it really came in a in a reddit post um you know back in in 2007 it was a discussion it's forum recent. wow on okay. health yeah on health related subjects on a website called steady health and and <laughs> I, I love this bit a 21 year old registered user with the handle okay whatever <laughs> submitted a <laughs> checks yes yeah. Submitted a post describing having experienced this sensation uh, when when experiencing certain sounds. And he he compared it to uh, the feeling you get when you you get somebody who scratches your skin, like uh, with their fingernails, very, very gently, lightly. Yes, right? That right. tingling, that tickling feeling uh, that that can be triggered by these seemingly sort of random uh, events. Uh, you know, for for him, it was sound related. Yeah, it, I think that's fascinating. So I would like to run a, a little bit of a test with you, if if I could, and see what you think. So I'm going to send you right now in our chat. I'm going to send you a couple of links. I want you to watch a few seconds of of each of these and tell me what you experience. All right. Okay. Okay. So Tommy is getting ready to listen to these videos on his end, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to flatten them. My my effort here is I want to portray some of of the sound that's going on here, but I'm not going to do it with the stereo separation. I'm going to hopefully minimize the sounds that trigger the ASMR effect. So if if you don't know if you have a, a you know, relationship to ASMR yourself, uh, hopefully this will not trigger anything. But I, I, for those who've never heard it, I want to give you a sense of the kinds of sounds that are being played without actually you know, triggering them. If you want to see if that works for you, we'll put links in the show notes and you can try them with headphones on and, and see if that works for you. But hopefully this won't be a trigger. You can hear a few of the sounds. If you are worried about being triggered, please jump forward about 30 seconds and uh, and we'll be back to the conversation. There you go. Pete, I'm ready. First one's coming through now. Oh. Ugh. Someone's rubbing slime against a microphone. Oh, this is what H.R. Geiger listened to to fall asleep. <laughs> this is slime on a microphone. Well, the visual is weirdly horrifying. The sound is kind of neat if I close my eyes. Okay, it's interesting you say that because, you know, many people report that that in order to get the full experience, you need some sort of a visual. And that's why you have so many people who uh, who are producing this kind of material and they do it, uh, you know, with these really beautifully produced videos. Because it is it's all over YouTube, right? ASMR videos. Oh, it's all over. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. So uh, so here's another one I want you to check out and, uh, and <laughs> see what you think of this. It. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to stop that. Uh, go away, ladies. Okay. Oh. It's a woman 
just sort of waggling her fingers, and it sounds like birds. Oh. Oh. Now she's talking. Oh. <laughs> she's got a secret. <laughs> JP, welcome to my channel. I, I don't, Tonight is... I, a okay, I don't want to listen anymore. <laughs> okay, all right. You're done listening to that. All I right. Don't, I don't know if I want... I think I find whispers to be yeah. malevolent. Whispers malevolent. <laughs> malevolent. Wait, does malevolent be bad? Yes. Yeah, yeah like, like dark and sinister. Yes. Right. Yes. Even though she yeah. she was perfectly pretty and was smiling, I feel like she knows something about me. <laughs> oh, believe me, if you're watching this video, she knows something about you. Oh, good point. <laughs> let's, let's be clear. So the first one was the satisfying slime on the mic. And, and slime Ooh. is everywhere in ASMR videos. Really? I spent two hours this afternoon watching different ASMR videos, and I am just blitzed out. Wow. Congratulations on your new fetish yeah <laughs> so slime is everywhere uh they'll they'll fill it with little styrofoam balls so you'll get the slime like gooey sticky sound but you'll also get like it, it's it you know clicking in there like this little oh, fine sure. clicking that you'll get in there gb asmr is one of the biggest um asmr video creators on the net that was the second one you watch and she records her voice a lot and she whispers very very close to the microphone and so uh, and and because it's binaural audio right they're recording in deep stereo so she'll move back and forth to right. each mic so that it comes around your head you can't watch asmr and get the experience if you are triggered by it you huh. can't get the experience unless you're listening to it on on headphones and the better the headphones the better you want to really isolate this sound that's what you you just saw now did you find on either of those did you get any of that little tingling the the uh, sensation did you get any of that experience I, to be honest, I don't think I was able to relax enough. Yeah. There's something that was almost, it's so different from anything that I've heard before. And I listened to a lot of things to try to go to sleep. It was almost like an assault on my senses, ironically, mm -hmm. even though it was so small. So no, I don't think I did, but I think I might be a candidate. What's it for? I think you're going to find this kind of gross. Oh. So the, the ASMR effect is, you know, when they look at what's going on in the brain, you know, they'll put put you in an MRI and oh, they'll, sure. they'll see what's going on in the brain and, and have you, you know, push a button when you are experiencing the kind of euphoria. They call it a brain gasm. Uh, this the kind of euphoria that you experience when you're really oh, triggered. With ASMR. Oh, no, I oh, definitely yeah. did not. OK, so if you're I mean, they'll get an, an enormous sense of, of pleasure out of ASMR and what they compare it to is what happens when you have that generally sort of maternal but familial warmth that comes from being groomed like when you have your hair brush when you when you were a kid and your mother is taking care of you and she's holding you and she's like grooming you oh so it's not sexual at all no 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 not not oh. uh, you can say sexual on the show tom you don't need to that was weird that was a weird little editorial thing i don't know a five-year-old can probably spell sex i think we've got that nailed that was weird oh that's right we said the word dildo 1900 times <laughs> right, in season two right we're all good vibrator yeah, sorry vibrators yeah mm -hmm. go ahead okay they actually compare it to primates Right. Who huh. get pleasure from grooming one another. Yep. Uh, that is the that's the experience that people are, are comparing it to. That's what's going on in the brain when this is happening and they get this euphoria. Huh. I find that fascinating, but fascinating because while there are people who get enormous satisfaction out of this, there are people who are on the 
absolute opposite end of like the our spectrum. pal Emma it sounds like like our pal Emma yes. right and and my own family my my wife and my daughter literally run from the room when when I start playing an ASMR video really and, and so it is which you do uh, at we, dinner every night it's weird I try to when I want to clear the room when I need some <laughs> me time <laughs> You just ASMR <laughs> yeah. it up. Yeah. 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 I, I yell for the lady in the can in our kitchen to play some deep, deep tracks, some <laughs> tapping tracks. Slime time. Uh, yep. <laughs> I need some chewing right in my ear. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so the comparison there is with misophonia, right? There were people in this in this Ooh. community are, are saying like, I it, this makes me hate sound. I hate sound so much it makes me want to curl up and die. Like it is wow. it's a thing that I am aggressively against. And here's the thing that's so fun about this. Yeah. They compare this with synesthesia. <gasps> you synesthesia. can smell colors? No. What is it? Well, think it's not just about smelling colors, right? Synesthesia is when you have uh, like your wires are crossed between senses. You know, you might get your colors and numbers crossed, for oh. example. Like when you read, you know, when you see a five, you you kind of feel red or something like that's that. That's right. right. So okay. there, there's like audiovisual synesthesia where you or when you can sort of taste words. That's what they call lexical gustatory synesthesia uh, so there are all kinds of ways to get your senses crossed in this one imagine when you hear sound it causes a physiological response to your body right it causes your skin to prickle like the that frisian right that, that sort of goose yeah. goose goose flesh right you get the chills that is um what they're what they're learning about right now what they're discovering is that oh my god this might be a form of genetic physiological synesthesia you hear something you get this physical effect wow i think that's amazing and also i hate it well it makes so much sense i never would have thought of it but it makes so much sense that if someone is having an involuntary positive effect that it just around the corner that the idea yeah. that someone would have an involuntary negative effect of course if it's all physiological yeah. out of your control stuff wow that's scary. I mean, it was scary and and fascinating. If you are, are triggered by this stuff in a positive way, what a fantastic discovery. <laughs> like, what a great way to self-soothe. Yeah, because it seems like YouTube's your oyster. And then if you're negative, then you're in Clockwork Orange. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's a real horror show, my droogs. Yeah. So the uh, you know this this big one that I I played for you, GBASMR is the name of her YouTube channel, and she has uh, 1.6 million subscribers. Her videos uh, have you know tens of millions of views. She's very very popular, and she's very congenial. There is nothing about anything on her channel that is sexualized. But as with most of these kinds of concepts, my goodness, does humanity try to make it sexy? <laughs> What do you mean? You don't have to go too far on YouTube to get the sexy ASMR, which is, you yeah, know, I like, get it. Sure. This is what it sounds like chewing on your ear. You know, it was, <laughs> it's really gross. And there are a lot of those. There is nothing in any existent research that indicates that AMS, ASMR is necessarily linked to sexual arousal. There is sure. there is nothing. If you get horny from ASMR, that's on you. <laughs> right. Everybody has their own thing. ASMR is not intrinsically sexualized. 
All right. Got like, it. That's just it. Yeah. So you either find the good sounds or you don't um, be aware there are there are are intentional ASMR videos like the ones we're talking about. There are also unintentional ASMR videos where people start reporting their entire, there's an entire like section of the internet cataloged as unintentional ASMR kind of yay. Oh, someone just tripped on it? Yeah, oh. yeah. People stumble on it and so you can <laughs> you can find playlists of unintentional ASMR. So, uh, you know, I, I would say, I want to go back to Emma. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the only thing I have to offer to Emma is that you are absolutely not alone uh, more of us are not triggered by ASMR than are, right? Okay. It's, it is a, it, it's a smaller population, not the majority. And it, and in fact, ASMR is one of those things that people can numb themselves to. Uh, and so if you listen, if you watch too oh. many ASMR videos, they report that they actually lose the effect and have to actually stop watching their addiction. Oh, Emma, they have to curb their addiction. I hear yeah. some exposure therapy coming. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So um, anyway, this this association with misophonia and ASMR, I think, is amazing. It is absolutely you're not alone and you should be you should wear it loud and proud because it's it is triggering. It is a real sensation for people. Um, and and I think people use it as a joke. Uh, you know, oh, have you seen that ASMR video? It has a real, uh, you know, physiological effect to a lot of people, sometimes positive, sometimes ne negative. We need to be aware of, yeah. of when that happens. And uh, and and take care to be kind to each other. That's ASMR. And now, Tommy, I would like to eat some macaroni real, real close to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to hear that macaroni, Pete. And that's our show. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. Today's tune is When I Get There by Maya Isaac coming up next week god i really want to be the guy who can come up with a song about elephants and thousand island dressing oh no you're not ordering an orgasm <laughs> you just want whatever she's having because you're filled with anxiety exactly until then i'm pete wright and i'm tommy mess the third thank you so much for downloading and hey tell a friend that you downloaded it we will be back next week on what's that smell oh.